Peter Harrod here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. I hope you can check us out, or actually just me now. Hope you can check me out. Come check me out. Yeah. Chicken, chicken a crow, chicken a crow. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Hey, it's another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast with me, Dan Myler, and that guy over there, Ryan McDowell. Ryan, it's just a two-man crew this week, just me and you. Matt's uh, off on assignment somewhere. I guess he's looking at something to do with Star Wars. We got some text messages. I, that guy has the life. Yeah, who, who knows what's going on with him? We'll we'll miss him on this one. But Dan, man, I feel like every week we get on here and we complain about bad football or blowout games or injuries or you know poor fantasy performances or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it has to do with Matt not being here. This was the best Sunday of the year for me. (laughs) Great games, great performances. Uh, Wow. What a a, a day. I I like how how you tied that all back together. It's all Matt's fault. Uh, He likes to blame me for Jamar Chase. Uh, (laughs) Kind of slumping a little bit. It was was a big week of scoring. All my leagues, we're seeing record-setting performances. Not only with, with fantasy football teams, but individual players even having the biggest games of their careers fantasy wise at least and that turned into big scores I, I don't think I think there's going to be a lot of people kicking themselves for playing the wrong guy maybe uh but overall it was like you said really good football uh that all started out on Thursday night but that wasn't the good football that was that was pretty pretty bad uh it was an appetizer the, the, the Cowboys a poor appetizer, a really yeah. bad one. Some some rotten broccoli or something got served as the appetizer. The Cowboys win twenty seven to seventeen. CB Lamb was good, seven for eighty nine on thirteen targets. Tony Pollard busted that big one. Outside of that, not a lot to get excited about. I'd I'd say the only thing that I I really uh, really caught my eye, Ryan, was Michael Gallup. That mm. that touchdown catch oh, in the corner it was that was sweet. Yeah. And it, it seems like since he came back, especially from injury, and, and they've been missing some other receivers. Of course, Cooper was back in this one, played, I think, limited snaps, but he was on the field. He He's made a few of these plays where you think to yourself, wow, this guy's a free agent. Is is he good enough to be a wide receiver one for an NFL team and for that to turn into a wide receiver two for our fantasy teams, or is, or is he a step below that, Ryan? I feel like he's probably a step below that, and... and- you know, there's a there's a pretty long history of teams, uh, uh, wide receiver twos or, or even threes on their on their team leaving via free agency. Uh, with just that in mind, uh, obviously, I'm sure the player has that in mind. But that's what fantasy managers think. You know, if we could just get this guy in a different situation, he he would really blow up. And you know, most often that doesn't really happen. They they don't take that uh, that new role and run with it. So I I don't know that Gallup is going to go anywhere else and and be a locked in wide receiver one for that team. But I do think he can do exactly what he's done for Dallas uh, with a larger workload. And and that's certainly good news for fantasy managers. I think of a guy like him going to the other team in this game, maybe, maybe going to new Orleans Uh and, and getting a role where you'd, you'd really prefer him not to get that type of role where he's supposed to be the number one as he would be this year. If Michael Thomas is back, he's he's able to blend in there. Uh, there's there's a handful of other landing spots potentially as well. But he, no matter where he goes, it seems like he's going to get a big payday, and they're going to be relying on him to get targets. It seems like his dynasty value is going to go up this offseason no matter where he lands. Definitely. And and that, that volume that I mentioned, uh, like you said, regardless of where he goes, we're going to expect um, more snaps, more targets, and more production chasing that. So yeah, the value is definitely going to go up. Uh, like you said, regardless of where he lands or, or where he's expected to land, really uh, that, that pre free agency time, you know, from, from uh, the end of the Super Bowl until free agency actually kicks off. We've got usually around uh, what, six or six or eight weeks, I guess, something like that. Uh, that's the time when, 
you're probably going to have a, a, a buy window. I'm sorry, a sell window on Michael Gallup yeah. if you don't believe in him. Uh, we're going to see him traded a lot in that in that time span. Yeah, we are. And, and hopefully we see the big production spike too. But like you mentioned, there's so many receivers that come up as a second or third tier guy in their offense and make big plays like Gallup has done throughout his four-year career in Dallas. And then, then we have higher expectations and they kind of fade away. Hopefully that's not the case with Gallup. We'll see what happens in free agency. We also need to see what's happening in this backfield in Dallas. Because I mentioned the big gain by Tony Pollard, long touchdown run down the left sideline. But just seven carries, turned it into 71 yards and a touchdown. Zeke, meanwhile, 13 carries for 45. A couple of those, I think, were on like their last drive. It was kind of odd to even see him on the field and he busts yeah. off a 12-yard run, something like that. Pretty disappointing game overall. And passing the eye test... Ryan, Zeke just doesn't look as as explosive, as powerful as he usually does, or at least what he looked like earlier in the season. For sure. And, and of course, leading up to that game or immediately after that Thanksgiving game, we heard reports that uh, maybe they would they would rest Zeke. And, and we even talked about that on, on last week's show, referring to load management that we see in the NBA. Um, and then Dallas really went through it leading up to that game with, with COVID uh, kind of running through that uh, that clubhouse and, and and lots of stuff going on. So we we end up seeing Zeke active. I'm not sure he really should have been. Uh, he definitely, as you said, didn't didn't look fully healthy. And this is kind of what we saw last year. There were um, we were going through the same things, uh, suggesting that Tony Pollard was the the better back, the more capable back. Uh, certainly looks more healthy at this point. Uh, I actually saw a poll. I think it was, uh, I believe it was our buddy Izzy um, put a poll on Twitter, just straight up. Who do you want in dynasty? And Tony Pollard was winning that poll. Now, you know, say what you want about Twitter polls, who knows and uh, how, how people really feel or how they would value those backs if they were on their specific dynasty team. But uh, just that it was, it was close really tells us kind of where Zeke's value is right now. In the past seven games, this, I mean, this is the reality. He has one RB1 game in the past seven games. That's it. Um, and this is a player that we drafted in, in the first round of seasonal leagues. This is a player that, um, that certainly has had a high value both in trade and drafts in, uh, in recent years. Maybe this is the beginning of the end for Zeke. Yeah, maybe. I, I feel like we've already read this chapter of the yeah. book a little bit. You you outlined it there from last season. It looks like a banged-up running back, a guy that has taken a lot of shots throughout his career and now in this season. He looked healthy and spry early in the season. Throughout those Hard Knocks episodes, we were watching him, and he looked, he looked electric during those episodes. So I still believe that it's there. I think he's just dinged up. We'll see what happens down the stretch. Their schedule gets kind of nice here in the next few weeks. They get Washington a couple times. They got to play the Giants as well. They end the season with the Cardinals, then the Eagles. Uh, so we'll see what happens. They get this, they always call it the mini buy. I kind of hate that term, but the 10 days off after going from a Thursday night to a Sunday. I expect Zeke to stay on the field. If he was going to play on this Thursday night game, I'd expect him to be active again next week at Washington. Uh, we, we probably can't glaze over the Taysom Hill performance, if you can call it that. 264 yards and two touchdowns. Passing sounds great, and 100 yards rushing sounds like, wow, that's awesome. But th- four interceptions, should have for sure thrown a fifth, probably could have thrown a sixth as well. Does not look like a passer. He's like a poor man's Jalen Hurts to me, Ryan. That, it was ugly watching Taysom Hill try to play quarterback on Thursday night. It really was. The The end box score looks pretty good from a fantasy standpoint. Um, but, yeah, it, it was it was a rough road to get there, including those, uh, I believe it was four interceptions. Yeah. So, I mean, he... He's not the future of that team, regardless of what his what his contract might say. Um, it, it's just kind of, just kind of what they've been left with this season. It's it's been an ugly one. The thing is, we all trust that coach there, and he keeps giving them these contracts. Sean Payton is is widely regarded as an offensive mind and you know creative and all the things that we want as fantasy players, and they keep giving him the money. And not every time we see him get the opportunity. 
we kind of shake our heads. So I agree with you. He doesn't seem like an NFL quarterback, and, and it's nice to have that jack-of-all-trains available, but, man, that, that was brutal watching that football game on Thursday night. Uh, the Buccaneers, they beat the Falcons on Sunday, 30-17. All the usual suspects came through for us. Tom Brady, 368-4. and Godwin caught 15 passes for 143 yards, so he was awesome in PPR leagues. And Gronk caught two touchdowns. I, you know, if you had a Buccaneer that you would regularly start and you put him in your lineup, you're pretty jacked. Yeah, this is this is just what we saw last year um, as they began their Super Bowl run, uh, and who knows if it'll play out that way again? It doesn't really matter from a from a fantasy standpoint. They're they're producing now. Uh, everybody's back healthy uh, with with Gronk now two or three weeks uh, removed from his injury. It, it's all systems go. All of these guys are starters every single week. Uh, Brady, obviously, Godwin, Gronk. Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, start them all. Gronk has top three tight end upside the rest of the way. For the Falcons, Cordero Patterson, get close to 100 yards from scrimmage, Ryan. Looked pretty good. Could have probably scored on one, you know, got pulled off the field, and then Mike Davis has the seize part for a long touchdown run. Um, What are your thoughts on Patterson? He's coming off this injury. He's played now a couple weeks and looked pretty good. It just seems like they're using him a little bit differently than earlier in the season. He's transitioned more to that lead back role, uh, thanks to Davis's struggles. But fantasy wise, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, Patterson averaged. I'm sorry, Patterson saw um, more than six targets, more than five targets, four times in the first five games, and that's only happened once now in the past six games. Uh, that he has uh, drawn more than five targets. So that uh, that's really where we were uh, seeing his upside is in that passing game, getting six, seven, eight, nine targets in a game and, and catching the majority of those, including for some uh, touchdowns earlier in the season. And now that he's, you know, he, he's just a better version of Mike Davis now, basically with uh, with a few targets each game and, and mostly focused on running the ball. It's it's kind of painful because you yeah. expect him to do what he did earlier in the year, and all of a sudden he's flexed into the slot, and they run the whip route to him, get him a couple blocks, and he turns that into a first down and a big play, potentially. And we're not seeing those types of opportunities. Just three catches on Sunday against Tampa Bay, despite them playing from behind for a majority of the game, is is kind of frustrating after spending a second-round pick to, to add him to a contender. Uh, how about Kyle Pitts, a guy, another guy we're watching all the time. Four catches, 48 yards on seven targets. Defenses are trying to stop Kyle Pitts because that's what they have. That's Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. So what are we thinking about Pitts? Now that Matt is not with us, we can have a real conversation. Yeah, we can, <laughs> we can speak freely now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering about, about Kyle Pitts' value because this this type of game, four catches, forty eight yards, it, it's kind of become the norm for Pitts. Uh, we it, one touchdown on the on the season. That's it. Um, I mean, he he certainly flashed that upside, and I don't I don't say any of this to suggest we should be giving up on Pitts or that he's um, you know not a guy you want on your team. I, I definitely still have high expectations for him long term. Still, my dynasty tight end one easily. But when I look at our new ADP, we've got December ADP in the works. It's it's not out on the site yet, but we've we've made some good progress on it. And for the second month in a row, I believe, maybe even the third month in a row, Kyle Pitts is a first rounder in our startup ADP. He's going right be- right between Tyreek Hill and Alvin Kamara, and that's just where I start to ask myself if if he's being overvalued as a first rounder coming off a, or, you know, in in the middle of his rookie tight end season. Yeah, well, we all saw that two-game stretch in weeks five and seven surrounding their bye when he had had like 180 yards or 280 Mm -hmm. yards over those two games and caught the long touchdown and, you know, had eight and ten catches in those two games. And since then, he hasn't had over 62 yards and hasn't found pay dirt. You know, you mentioned the ADP and the rise has been kind of, unbelievable really around NFL draft time he was about 
37 in ADP. By July, he was 29. Then in August, 28. September, 23. October, 19. And now, as you mentioned, all the way up there in the first round. So I think that goes to speak to how many people listen to dynasty analysts that, that talk a lot about the upside of these rookies and you know, if you constantly pound on people that Kyle Pitts is the the next big thing and he has those kind of performances inside his rookie season, that value is going to spike really, really fast. And that's all we're seeing here. It might have gotten out ahead of itself just a little bit, though. How about the Cardinals and the Bears? Uh, Arizona wins this one 33 to 22. Kyler Murray, Ryan, was awesome. Just 123 passing yards. But two touchdowns passing, two rushing to go along with 59 rushing yards. That is vintage Kyler Murray. Yeah, good to see Murray back on the field. We had had certainly missed him. The Cardinals had missed him as well. Uh, Prior to that injury, though, and prior to missing multiple games, one thing that that I had noticed and and plenty of others had as well, I know, is uh, the way – the way they had used Kyler Murray in the, in the running game, basically he had not been running the ball. And, and that's one reason why we, uh, we had valued him so highly entering this season. We had seen that upside that he could offer as a ball carrier, uh, but it just wasn't there in those first, uh, first several games prior to that injury in this one, though, 10 carries 59 yards, two touchdowns, all season highs. Uh, he only had three rushing touchdowns on the season entering this game. And those actually came the first three weeks of the season. So it had not had a rushing touchdown since week three and now adds uh, two more scores to that. Obviously very good news for, uh, for Kyler Murray managers. And I think it's good news for the Cardinals too. Yeah, good news for DeAndre Hopkins managers as well. He catches just two cat two balls for 32 yards, but the 20-yard touchdown, they didn't have to throw the ball much in this football game. In fact, Kyler Murray only completed 11 passes. They were turning around and either handing it to James Conner or running Kyler Murray. Conner ends up with 75 rushing yards on 20 carries, two catches for 36, and a touchdown. That was a nice grab, by the way. Mm. Uh, and, and it makes me think, Ryan, about James Conner's dynasty value. Currently the RB42. He's right around guys like Miles Gaskin and Melvin Gordon, Chuba Hubbard and Kenneth Gainwell. Also Devin Singletary and Naheem Hines. The, like one of these names doesn't belong, yeah. at least according to production on the field. Now, it's kind of odd because James Conner's contract is up and he, you know, he only signed that one-year contract. Chase Edmonds, who's about to return from injury as well, he's on the final year of his contract. My gut tells me, Ryan, that they're going to want to bring James Conner back before they bring back Chase Edmonds. So it feels like there might be the potential for Conner to have a little bit more long-term value and that his dynasty value will in turn move up in the coming months. I totally agree, and and even with this production that we've seen, especially touchdown uh, production, we haven't seen his his value uh, increase all that much. Almost similar to Corderell Patterson, who we talked about earlier, Connor seems like a guy that uh, if you found the right match in your league, uh, a non-contender has Connor, you could buy him for a second uh, throughout most of this season, even though he's he's been playing so well and producing. Uh, I, I do agree with you, uh, especially if he if he ends up staying in Arizona. I think we see the value kind of catch up this offseason, and he moves back in that, um, I'd say, sixth, seventh round range of startup um, ADP. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be an opportunity before free agency hits, if he hasn't signed quite yet, after the Super Bowl, while dynasty managers are trying to pull off those deals. Uh before he re-signs a contract, if you're going to be able to get your hands on him, his ADP dipped as low as 163. That was in September, in season, and now has you know jumped back up to about 125. So we'll see what happens in the coming months. Feels like there's there's some value with Connor coming up uh, here in the here in the coming year or, or months. He's only 26 years old, so it's not like we're talking about a 30-year-old running back here. Mm-hmm. The Chargers jumped out to a big lead. Bengals come back. Chargers pull away. They end up winning 41-22. to Justin Herbert had one of his games but didn't run the football once again. That was disappointing to see. Threw three touchdowns, went over 300 yards. That's nice to see. Keenan Allen, five for 34 and two touchdowns. Mike Williams had a 100-yard game, Ryan, so... 
I guess, you know, the big play to Mike Williams, he almost scores. If that's a touchdown, we're all thrilled. I, I'm pretty happy with five for 110, though. Well, you have to be after the past uh, past few games, really, really the past almost two months worth of games for Mike Williams. He started the season so well. Uh, he did have uh, four catches for 92 yards in the first quarter and then ends the game five for mm. 110. So That's uh, such a Mike Williams stat. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it could have been even bigger. Um, you know, the Chargers have won five games. I'm sorry, they have won seven games this season now. Uh, in five of those, Mike Williams was the top 20 fantasy wide receiver. They have lost five games, and he was the top 20 wide receiver in just one of those. So it almost feels like, uh, you know, as Mike Williams goes and as his production goes, so go the Chargers. You would think that they would they would see that as well, but, um, who, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And, and this coaching staff, I think, started out as kind of the darlings of the of the NFL fan base, uh, especially the the analytics uh, believers as they're you know they're going for it on fourth down and they're going for two and a lot of the things that that we typically want to see more of. Um, but then I don't know. It, it, midseason it feels like things changed. Uh, Mike Williams, the first five weeks, wide receiver fourteen, wide receiver ten, wide receiver one, wide receiver two. And, and then a very cold stretch since then, 73, 78, 46, 45, 50. And, uh, and now we've got a wide receiver 10, wide receiver 20 game. So when, when Williams produces, the Chargers win. Yeah, they, he, he certainly has been up and down, and that ADP has been up and down. I'd, I'd like to mm-hmm. do a study. I wonder if anybody jumped like he did. In September, he had an ADP of 113. The following month, all the way up to 43, and that's settled back into 53 now. But I, certainly, a wide receiver that's 27 years old rarely jumps up uh, 70 spots in ADP in one month, even in season. So um, he's he showed his upside, showed that ceiling a couple of times this year, but he's also showed us some stinkers. And you mentioned the, the finishes among wide receivers. Man, it's frustrating. Austin Eckler was pretty good in this game as well. 14 for 59 on the ground, scored a touchdown, caught five passes for 45. For the Bengals, Joe Mixon messed up his pinky, still threw for 300 yards, had a rushing and passing touchdown. Joe Mixon, clearly the Chargers were trying to slow him down. 19 carries for just 54 yards, but found the end zone to save his day. T. Higgins, Ryan, another nice game. Nine catches, 138 yards, and a touchdown, and... Had that big catch over the middle for the score, leaped over the defender, had a safety coming over the top. That was an impressive play. Last week, six for 114 in a score on eight targets against Pittsburgh. So he's kind of had a little bit of a resurgence here. Yeah, he needed it. His value was going in the wrong direction. And, of course, uh, with big games for T. Higgins or for Tyler Boyd, that that's a negative for Jamar Chase. Chase uh, – just five catches for 52 yards, had that uh, kind of that fluky, bobbling uh, attempt at a catch that was intercepted, had another bad drop later in the game. Uh, again, just like we said with Pitts, this is not a, a long-term concern, but when Chase Jamar Chase moves all the way to the number one overall spot in our ADP, which is what he did in November, it's just... You know, it's just a reminder to slow down. I still think he's a first rounder in dynasty startups, um, but we were, we were probably getting a little too aggressive at that point. Myself, a included. little too aggressive. It was hard not to fall in love with the big plays week in and week out and all the big catches. They have other weapons on this team. Joe Mixon is a stud running back. They got to get the football to Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And, you know, there's just too many mouths to feed for Chase to continue to put up those kind of numbers week in and week out. He's going to have some down games and he's going to, like drop a pass and tip it up in the air and <laughs> defender gets an interception. That was a theme of Sunday as well. That yeah, happened at least three times and a couple of them for touchdowns. I think uh, lions fans, congratulations. Oh. Got that dub. That was nice. I, you know, I, I was with you all day. The Packers weren't on. I'm a Packers fan. Of course I live in Vikings territory. So I said, why not strap on that lion's helmet and become a lion's fan for the afternoon? And they came through 29 to 27. Amon Ross St. Brown 
big touchdown catch at the end of the game. The Vikings played horrible defense. They drop back. They, they're, play, they're standing in the end zone already, and then they take three steps back, and St. Brown just runs to the goal line and catches it. It was, it was ridiculous. Ten catches, 86, and a score. His biggest game so far as a pro, Ryan, and, and St. Brown, that's his first touchdown. He, he's, he's on a pretty nice pace, 49 catches, 438 yards, and a touchdown so far as a rookie. I wrote the rookie report card last week about Amon Ross St. Brown and, and how I was kind of down on him throughout draft season. You know, coming out of USC, he had made a lot of big plays for USC, and he just didn't profile as that kind of player at the next level. Well, the Lions aren't using him as that kind of player. He, he's a traditional slot guy trying to run those whip routes, get underneath, a little bit of run after the catch. He's not super athletic. He's not going to make huge plays. I, I think I said at the end of the article that – like his ultimate upside is Hunter Renfro. And Hunter Renfro is 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 performing at his ultimate upside right now. I I guess I I kind of tilt towards him just being a guy, but Sunday was if if that's any indication, uh he was used early and often. Late in that game he was he was regularly dependent on, on to get open and get out of bounds and he turned in a nice game. Well, this is kind of what we thought we would see from Amon Ross St. Brown and, and really from the entire Lions offense uh, entering the season. We expected them to be trailing uh, for most of the game, for most of, of the season, and that would lead to a lot of Jared Goff pass attempts. That's what we saw in this one. Uh, you look at that wide receiver core, and it's shuffled around so much uh, throughout the year or since the beginning of the year, but uh, St. Brown has kind of been the the constant there. But you look at that and think he's he's probably the most talented guy of that, and, and that's not saying much. We understand that. But uh, it felt like these types of games could have or, or should have been happening all along this season. So it's, it's good to see him finally produce. I agree with you. Uh, I still don't have a, a lot of long-term uh, expectations or, or hope for him. Uh, but it, it was good to see this one. Uh, Season highs and, and career highs with those uh, receptions, yardage, and as you said, his first uh, career touchdown. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised with his performance, and as you said, probably the most talented guy in that receiving core. Uh, it's hard to add multiple wide receivers in an off season, so I would say it's likely that he's the preferred slot next season. So maybe he can build on this going into next year. Josh Reynolds, the newest wide receiver for the Lions, had a really nice first half, four catches for 69 yards on seven targets in the game. TJ Hawkinson caught the touchdown, probably should have had another one in the game. Um, And Jamal Williams, 17 carries, 71 yards, just one catch. I think we expected more with with the role there, Uh, but he was bottled up by that Vikings defense. For For the Vikes... Kirk Cousins goes for 340 and two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson was incredible after the Thielen injury. 11 for 182 and one on 14 targets. I don't know what... what everything kind of happened as it should have, except Thielen got hurt. Madison put up a big performance. Tyler Conklin got into it with seven for 56. Caught a touchdown that got taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What is there to take away here for the Vikes? Well, the Thielen injury, uh, the Vikings play next week on Thursday. Oh, yeah. It, it's an ankle injury. So um, although Thielen was not ruled out uh, necessarily very quickly, he, he kept that questionable tag uh, into the uh, into the second half before they ultimately ruled him out. It didn't seem like he was ever close to returning. So uh, I, I, if you've got Adam Thielen, I would not – uh, not count on him for next week. And I know uh, for, for many leagues, uh, next week is the, the final week of the regular season. So that's going to be a big one for sure. Uh, Alexander Madison, you know, I, I looked at, uh, and we, we all looked at his, uh, his, his production without Dalvin Cook in the lineup. We talked about that uh, last week as well, I believe. He averaged... Uh, coming into this week, he averaged 21.2 fantasy points per game when Dalvin Cook was out of the out of the lineup. That four total games in this one, he scores 21.4 fantasy points. So uh, just just nearly spot on what you would expect. A good solid performance from Madison. And if Cook's not out there, uh, start Madison every single time. No question. 
Yeah, he looked good doing it too. He had a couple runs where he hit the second level and made a made a linebacker or a safety miss for extra yardage. I, I think he looks like uh, Delvin Cook minus one. You know, like yeah. just a ste- yeah. very small step below Delvin Cook. Whoever's getting the workload there. Uh, you mentioned that the Vikings play on Thursday night. That is against Pittsburgh's tough defense. I don't know. With Thielen out, KJ Osborne, maybe he gets a shot. He caught a touchdown on Sunday, four for 47. So maybe he's an outside flex consideration with no Thielen. Um, the Colts, they blanked the Texans 31 to nothing. And there's nothing else to say other than Jonathan Taylor. 31 carries, 143 yards, and two touchdowns. Didn't catch a pass. Felt very Derrick Henry esque, that ball game that he put on film uh, against the Texans. For for Houston, like what what is there here that there's nothing the the offense didn't do a thing. If you started anybody, it's your own fault because you shouldn't have. Well, I mean it's it's kind of been the theme of the year that you can't start any Texans other than Brandon Cooks. Even he disappointed in this. I one. sat him in two out of the three leagues that I have him. Yeah. So you know I didn't have a choice in the other one. So I I, I shouldn't have said that. Probably it's if you had to start him, obviously you do it. But he had a carry for 16 yards and caught three for 38. That's not helping you win. Yeah, we saw we saw the upside with Brandon Cooks earlier in the year. He uh, started the season with three straight games as a as a wide receiver two as a top 24 fantasy wide receiver. Um, since week three, he's only had four of those games total. So it, it's it's kind of the up and down, hot and cold Brandon Cooks. And uh, I mean it's. It's clearly not his fault. We saw we saw a stretch of Davis Mills when uh, when Tyrod Taylor was injured uh, through a big stretch of the season, and in this one, Tyrod Taylor was was benched, and and Mills came in to replace him. I don't know that it even matters who starts next uh, next week or or really the remainder of the season for Houston. You you watch a game like this, and you just wonder how they even won those two games that they did. Yeah, I cut Davis Mills in a couple super flex leagues this week to make room for for salary cap or whatever reason because it just doesn't look like it's there with him. No. Uh, if I were the Texans, though, with that all that said, I would start Davis Mills because you got to know for sure before next year's off season before deciding what you're going to do there. Um, the last note from this game: Carson Wentz, 158 yards and a touchdown. Ryan, his pace it it was it was it was red hot earlier this season. There was a stretch of about six games where he had multiple touchdown games. He had rushing yards to go with it and had a few rushing touchdowns as well. And that's simmered here recently. That probably coincides with Jonathan Taylor getting 30 carries in a game, the defense playing better, the offensive line, their run blocking is probably the best in the league, uh, opening up holes for whoever's back there. Defenses are forced now to come up and try to play JT I'm wondering if down the stretch that'll turn into that play action game. Wentz will become more effective down the field, but just just the one touchdown pass wasn't asked to throw the football all that much on Sunday. This can this is kind of an expectation moving forward for Wentz with Taylor rolling like he is. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is, and, and you're right. In the middle of the season, we had a five game stretch where Carson Wentz was a top 14 quarterback in all five games. Uh, that's only happened one time over the past month now. Let me uh, guess, Tampa Bay when they were playing that, that shootout. <laughs> it, it was Tampa Bay, yeah. Tampa Bay, week 12, Wentz was the quarterback seven. Uh, other than that, he's he's been uh, you know much, much further down the uh, the scoring list. And that's, that's the game they want to play. You know, at this point, they want to rely on Jonathan Taylor. They are playing stronger defense. They've got their uh, offensive line back uh, fully healthy, I believe. So this is, this is what they want. Um, so I don't know if we can really use Carson Wentz in lineups moving forward in, in, you know, unless you have to, I guess that's always the caveat. Yeah, it's going to be especially in single quarterback. You're probably not looking his way unless right. that, unless it looks like a game where it's going to be a shootout, maybe a, a Tampa Bay type game. But but they don't they don't have a lot of those scheduled. Uh, guys, we're sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world. Instead of spending your time building elaborate salary cap rosters or competing against professional players, you can explore unique 
fun, easy-to-play games like More or Less, Knockout Kings, Eagle Eye, Goal Rush, or Touchdown Dance. Play any of the major sports such as the NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB, as well as UFC, NASCAR, golf, soccer, and various college sports without competing against all those sharks. Right now, you can open a new Monkey Knife Fight account, make an initial deposit, and get a full year of DLF Premium for free. On top of that... If you use the promo code DLF, Monkey Knife Fight is going to match your deposit 100% doubling your initial funds. Simply log on to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, click the image for Monkey Knife Fight, and follow the instructions to join me and Ryan playing these games today. Uh, Let's talk about the... The Giants and the Dolphins. Miami won that one 20-9. Tua Tungavaloa, 244 and two touchdowns. But I, we're going to talk about him every week, Ryan. Jalen Waddle mm. is on the express to becoming a wide receiver one for dynasty managers. Another nine catches for 90 yards and 11 targets. He is open on almost every play, it seems. Currently, the wide receiver 28. Uh... ADP right now is 55. It's slowly moved up, gone from 68 to 57, 57 again in October, and now 55. It's got to shoot up it, c- coming up here. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a little bit behind. We were talking about players that we were ahead on. There are 11 receivers directly in front of him in ADP, guys, that I would take Jalen Waddle over easily. That includes Mike Williams, Mike Evans, Devonta Smith, Cortland Sutton, Chase Claypool, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, and T. Higgins. Well, we have caught up a little bit. As I said, that that December ADP is in the works. According to that, uh, Waddle is a mid-third rounder. Okay, Uh, we're getting close. Yeah, 30. (laughs) uh, I'm I'm sorry, uh, 29 is his ADP in in, uh, this updated data. Right behind Deontay Johnson. Uh, behind Terry McLaurin, that's exactly where I had him. <laughs> DJ Moore, those are uh, that. That's the new range of where his value is. And honestly, I think I think that's almost too low. I, I mentioned on Twitter last week that Jalen Waddle is is on that path, uh, and I mentioned guys like Juju Smith Schuster and DJ Moore and Chase Claypool. Uh, yeah. Because what we saw with those guys, uh, and and I think uh, we for most for most of those. Three, I, th- I think this is the case that we saw it in their rookie season. Back half of their rookie season, uh, we see the flashes and their value explodes, and they end up uh, either as a wide receiver one, according to Dynasty ADP, or, or at least in Cl- Claypool's case, very close to it. Basically, we see a huge value spike. Um, a lot of people took that as as me kind of uh, being negative towards Waddle. I'm not at all. I, I think he's on that path to gain that value to become a wide receiver one in dynasty ADP. Um, and for those three, uh, Juju and, and, and Claypool, especially it didn't work out or, or it, at least it hasn't yet. We saw, a, we saw a big drop in their value uh, in subsequent months after that, you know, Waddle has a higher draft capital. He's locked in as the wide receiver one, which is something we couldn't say for either Juju or Claypool at that Good time, point. and and we still can't. Uh, we saw Devontae Parker come back in this game, and he was fine. Uh, but, but it didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. He's no threat to Waddle. Uh, Waddle, nine catches, 90 yards, 18 fantasy points, made it look easy. And he, they truly have not unlocked him yet. He's not a deep threat yet. They're going to add that to his game. He's got so much speed. He's going to use that to get open, not just to run after the catch in the future as we saw at Alabama so many times with those deep posts and uh, and those straight nine routes where he just blew by defenders. That's coming down the road with, with uh, Waddle. I think that's a great point. And, you know, he almost reminds me of Antonio Gibson from last year. Okay, I, I see that. Gibson comes into the league. We know he's a great pass catcher. He's former college wide receiver. We just want to know, can he handle the running game? And, and Washington basically uses him as a traditional Running back doesn't give him that that pass catcher role really, and that that leads to even more confidence in Antonio Gibson's game. We already know he can do this, and now he's added this to it. Same thing with Waddle, as you said, he's he's the speed guy, he's the deep play threat. We know he can do that already. 
But now he's fifth in the league in targets. He's second in the league in receptions. Oh my goodness. So now we know he can handle that volume as well. And he's going to do the same thing Antonio Gibson did. His value is going to explode. In fact, it's happening already. You mentioned he's right behind Deontay Johnson. So that probably puts him in the 15, 16 range among wide receivers right around there. I'm wondering, Ryan, fast forward 12 months. We'll, we'll hop in the uh, Dynasty DeLorean and, and, and go into the future. Jalen Waddell is the wide receiver blank and his ADP is blank. Uh, well, this current currently the numbers that we've mentioned mid third round uh, behind Deontay Johnson. He's the wide receiver fifteen. Deontay Johnson fourteen. Terry McLaurin thirteen. Uh, I'll throw out a wide receiver seven, something like that. There you go. I was going to say six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to be up there. You, you know, there's going to be. You know, we we're going to talk about Deontay Johnson here in a little while and the consistency and all those things. That's what we're already seeing with Waddle. Yeah. And, and like you said, he is locked in as a number one wide receiver, a huge option in that offense. He's going to be in the second round of ADP quicker than a hiccup, and, and he deserves it, to be yep. honest. Yep. Uh, anything to cover here with the Giants, right? Maybe Saquon Barkley, 11 for 55, caught six passes for just 19 yards, so he, he didn't kill anybody. But, man, he, he just he doesn't really have it yet. No, he doesn't. Well, actually, I think maybe he does. You know, I think he's I think yeah. he's fully healthy. I think that's fine. But this Giants team is has just been destroyed by injuries. Of course, Daniel Jones missed this one. We saw Mike Glennon. Uh, Kadarius Toney missed another game. Sterling Shepard missed another game. Kenny Galladay was active but got hurt during the game. Like, this, this team is just cursed. And the lack of balance that, that has come as a result of that is obviously just hurting Barkley. I, I don't know if, if we're going to see his upside anytime soon. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you. And I think you're right. He, if he's not fully healthy, he's very close. We, we see some cutbacks now that weren't happening earlier in his recovery. Uh, it looks a lot more, a lot more nimble and, and quicker than, than he has in the past. Uh, so I, I think he's back. But, man, that offensive line, they, they got some things to adjust up front there in New York. Speaking of New York and things that need adjusted, the Jets got hammered by the Eagles, 33-18. to I tweeted during this game that at one point the there were six possessions in the game, six touchdowns, and somehow there was a field goal lead in the game. That's because the Jets couldn't <laughs> kick an extra point. They were down 21-18 to despite scoring three touchdowns. I know there was a two-point conversion in there, but it just felt from the beginning that the Jets didn't have it. Philadelphia was going to run away with it. That's what they did. Dallas Goddard caught six passes for 105 yards and two first-half touchdowns. I hope you started him. He came off that awful game last week where he had one catch and no yards and three targets and was banged up and all that stuff. He had a big game and looked like the Dallas Goddard that we wanted him to be coming out of South Dakota State a couple of years ago. Yeah, Goddard was uh, was a, an easy call once we heard the quarterback news. Um, really, I would have felt confident with any of the any of the Eagles pass catchers. I know Devontae Smith uh, did not get there, but um, we've we've been begging for Dallas Goddard to be freed or unlocked or whatever whatever term you want to use, and uh, that's had to do with uh, with Zach Ertz's presence for a long time, uh, and then and then. You know, limitations of, of Jalen Hurts at the quarterback spot, but a gunslinger like Minshew, it was exciting to see what Goddard could do, and, and he delivered. Speaking of Minshew, 242 yards and two touchdowns, they kind of coasted at the end, end of this game. It felt like he could have put up, big up bigger numbers. They didn't really need it. They turned around and handed it to these running backs. Miles Gaskin, or excuse me, Miles Sanders, 24 carries, 120 yards. Got nicked up, but I saw the interview after the game. He was kind of kind of jumping around in the background behind Dallas Goddard. Seems like he's probably going to be fine. Three catches for 22 yards. That's such a Miles Sanders game, though. He looked dominant at times in this game, but doesn't get, doesn't score a touchdown in the game. Gets nicked up during the game. That's so Miles Sanders. 
Yeah, career highs for him, uh, both in rushing attempts with 24 and rushing yards with 120. About time. Yeah, this this is what we've been waiting for. It, it took an injury to Jordan Howard. It took uh, Boston Scott being under the weather, and, and he he barely played in this game. It was it was basically Miles Sanders' backfield, and, and of course, obviously, Hurts uh, out of action took away uh, some, some rush attempts that he would normally have. Uh, this this was kind of the best case Miles Sanders game, and and you're right, he still didn't score a touchdown. Uh, caught just uh, just the three passes for limited uh, yardage, so he's he's going to end up as, as kind of a fringe RB one, RB two on the week. And if that's the best we can hope for, ugh. yeah, it it stinks when you need a touchdown, and that's kind of what we need. Philadelphia has you know they have Washington, and they got to play the Giants yet, and uh, they're they're, they're, we'll see what happens, I guess. That backfield is murky every single week, and this is the least murky. And as you said, it, it still wasn't the blow-up game that we expected. We should talk about Minshew quickly here, Ryan, because honestly, like just watching from the pocket, delivering the football, getting the offense into what they, they want him to do, this was the best quarterback performance for an Eagles quarterback in at least a couple of months. I know, I know Hertz had those huge games back in September where he was throwing for 300 yards and two touchdowns and all that. Mm -hmm. Minshew would have done that if they weren't playing the Jets. And I know a lot of dynasty managers and the Hertz apologists will say, well, it was the Jets. So of course Minshew could do it. But man, I I really liked the way the Eagles looked on Sunday against New York. Yeah, I did as well. And kind of joked about this on Twitter. And you and I talked about it prior to the game as well, that we almost expected uh, well, we did expect, of course, a, a solid game from Minshew against the Jets and and then perhaps some type of quarterback controversy or at least some some rumblings that uh, that maybe Minshew should see more action down the stretch. And um, I know that the coaching staff in Philadelphia has already said that's not the case. Hertz is their starter moving forward. But they haven't, you know, they haven't really uh, instilled a lot of confidence or, or, or been very confident with their own decisions with Hertz uh, or, or with that offense in general. So I, I don't know if this is the last we'll see of, of uh, Minshew this season. Completely agree. The football team went to Las Vegas and got a win, seventeen to fifteen. Antonio Gibson did it. He, that was it. He got a shot. No J.D. McKissick, 23 carries for 88 yards. Also five catches for 23. A nice touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone on six targets. He's going to be an RB1 this week and deserves every bit of it. Logan Thomas also looked good in his return. Three catches for 48 yards and a touchdown on five targets. But he he got banged up once again. Of course, he had the... Uh, hamstring injury that kept him out for so long returned last week and now it's a knee we'll see how serious it is the twitter doctors don't seem like it is but john bates came in and caught three passes for 42 yards after after logan thomas went out so maybe bates gets a gets another look here in the next couple of weeks the whole story here in this game for me ryan is hunter renfro Big. He's the best receiver on that team. Nine catches, over a hundred yards on ten targets. He can get open on every play. Yeah, remains underrated and undervalued in in dynasty and fantasy and in NFL circles. However you want to look at it, this guy is not getting uh, the credit he deserves. Past five games, wide receiver eleven, wide receiver eleven. He threw a wide receiver 51 game in there just to keep us guessing. And then wide receiver five, wide receiver 12. So that is four uh, wide receiver one, four top 12 games over the past five weeks. That is pending the last two games of the of the week. So may, may get pushed out of that top 12 for this week. But regardless, a uh, very impressive stretch for him. Of course, with Waller out, that, uh, that only leads to more opportunity for Hunter Renfro. But uh, he's making the most of it. He's getting some end zone targets, which is uh, not something we saw from him earlier in the season. Uh, yeah, just... It, riding a heater and and uh, we're gonna see his value change as well yeah it's gonna go up for sure he was a third round pick in rookie drafts a few years ago coming out of clemson uh nobody really cared for him in fact i saw him on waiver wires throughout his rookie season and now look at him he's he's putting up wide receiver two numbers it seems like week in and week out 
The Rams, uh, they handled the Jaguars 37-7. to Same old, same old for the Rams, or at least a return to that. If you had them and you played them, you're happy. Cooper Cup, 8 for 129 and a score. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 295 and 3 uh, through the air. Van Jefferson, even, 6 for 41 and 1. Odell Beckham caught a touchdown. Tyler uh, Higby went 5 for 48. It was all good. And then there was Sony Michelle. He fills in nicely for Daryl Henderson. 24 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Also caught three passes. Sony Michelle, it looks like to me, Ryan, if if Henderson's missing, it's just fine pivoting over to Michelle because he'll he'll pick up the slack. Yeah, it does uh, you know you know we spent all the season basically calling Henderson the 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 Cam Akers, the guy that we wanted, and you know maybe maybe it's more about this Rams offense and not uh, yep. who, not who's carrying the ball. Um, I think this hurts. Uh, Daryl Henderson, not necessarily from a production standpoint moving forward. If he's healthy, I still think I still think he's the guy. But it does make me think we've been uh, giving him a little too much credit this season. Henderson's clearly banged up. That's why he missed the game. You know, that affects his production over the last month as well. But it, this is going to be Cam Akers when he gets back. He All those videos online, they're pretty cool. impressive. So uh, looking forward to seeing him run the rock for the Rams next season. The Steelers down the Ravens, 20-19. Deontay Johnson, 8 for 105 and two scores. The touchdowns are nice to see from Deontay. A lot of times he puts up those catches, doesn't get into the end zone, does it twice on Sunday. Looked really good. Um, and as we mentioned earlier in the show, Ryan, so consistent. You know, I think it was about a month ago when I, I came on this show and I – I don't know what I was thinking that day, but I bashed Deontay Johnson. I said he was a whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. He was a, I said he was a player to sell. I said he lacked uh, upside and I don't, I don't know. Maybe Deontay Johnson listens to this show because he has, uh, he <laughs> has, that, that must be it. He has shown that upside over the past, uh, the past month, wide receiver four, wide receiver 11, wide receiver two in this one. Um, and, and what I pointed out, uh, a month ago was that while Deontay Johnson had been so consistent, so solid, he had scored double digit fantasy points in every game. What he hadn't done is, is really show off that upside. He, at that point he had one game as a top 15 wide receiver. Well, now just, uh, just a few weeks later, he has four games as the top 15 wide receiver, including these three in a row. So um, even with Juju out, Claypool's been fine, but he hasn't, hasn't necessarily uh, taken advantage or, or stepped up with that increased role. It's just the Deontay Johnson show. Yeah, Deontay Johnson is always open, too. So it feels to me like, you know, the, all the Ben stuff that happened over the last week and it all leaking out that, that he's probably done with the Steelers. No, no duh. Uh, <laughs> he, it, he might be, Deontay I'm talking about, he might be quarterback proof at least to some extent. We'll see what happens there in Pittsburgh under center. But it feels to me like with with him getting open regularly, he's going to have production no matter who's throwing him the football. Najee Harris, he was good. He went over 100 yards in total yards from scrimmage, had the five catches, so he was fine. For the Ravens, they should have won the game, first of all. Mark Andrews, mm. like I don't know, he's like slowed down on that two-point conversion. and That was a good throw from Lamar, and I think he's getting a lot of hate for it, but but that was on Andrews, if you ask me. Speaking of Lamar, 253 and a touchdown, ran for 55. It it should have been better, and Lamar's kind of on a – he's kind of cooled off over the last few games. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily show up in the box score. Still running, still still you know productive. But kind of like you mentioned with Zeke, just, just not passing the eye test mm-hmm. in, in recent weeks. Um I think what you know. Of course, we still have to start him in our fantasy matchups, and and as I said, he's he's been fine, uh, but not not that upside that we have uh, we've grown accustomed to from him. Ryan, I think Devonta Freeman's doing some P ninety X or something. Oh he's worked out. He looks he looks so much better than he has for the last five years. I cannot believe it. Fourteen carries for fifty two yards. That sounds like oh um, but if you watch the game. He looked pretty darn good against a tough Steelers defense. Mm-hmm. Also, five catches for 45 yards 
I totally missed out. You know, I, I, I call myself a pretty good dynasty player. I look at the waiver wire. I see the transactions. I saw Devonta Freeman's name. I saw him land in Baltimore. I said, nah, no. Even in a good rushing offense, I don't need any of that. And I regret it. He's looked good. Yeah, he's he's been he's been very good. We, you, you know, we looked at the other guys that they were they were signing, bringing in at that point. Um, I didn't want any of them either, <laughs> to be to be fair. But I can't believe it's him that took the step forward. Yeah, he's 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 definitely taken taken advantage of that situation. I mean, Latavius Murray is is back and healthy now, and and has been for the past. Uh, two or He's three also weeks. Back up. Yeah, and it it doesn't matter. We we thought Latavius might be the guy to uh, to grab and and really be a difference maker there. It's it's somehow Devonte Freeman. It's somehow Freeman, and he's passing that eye test. The last game we should talk about here is the Seahawks. They beat the 49ers 30-23. Kind of a surprise there, honestly. That crowd in Seattle was crazy mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon, though. Russell Wilson, 231-2, and two, still missing throws. DK Metcalf was open on a deep one, just threw it out of bounds. That was disappointing. Uh, Metcalf goes 5-for-60. Tyler Lockett, 7-for-68, and a touchdown. I don't know if there's a lot to talk about here. Maybe Dwayne Eskridge, he looked good on a couple of those catches underneath, turned it into three for 35 and a touchdown. I'm probably going to be writing about him in the rookie report card. For the 49ers, though, Ryan, um, that offense does not look the same without Devo Samuel. No, and we've talked about it, and everyone's talked about it, that he is, uh, even with George Kittle, even with a focus on the running game, even with Trey Lance seemingly waiting in the wings this offense is all about Debo Samuel and and with him out of the lineup in this one uh, it it did not look the same they struggled Kittle was was very good Uh, Ayuk I thought was a little disappointing Elijah Mitchell was a little disappointing gets banged up again Uh, came back into the game I didn't think he should you know he should have it I know he was evaluated. I didn't expect him to I did not expect him to yeah let's let's say that no no medical expert here but he got uh, he got hit on the head pretty, pretty hard, hard and, and then <laughs> yeah. was, was back in as the game was on the line. So, Hey, it was violent. And yeah. I, I thought, well, we won't see him for the rest of the game. We'll see what happens after the game. And then when I saw him on the field, I thought I was mistaken. He ends up going <laughs> 22 for 66, but scores a touchdown catches three for 18 as well. For the rest of the 49ers, Ayuk, you mentioned disappointing three for 55 thought he was going to have that opportunity. Maybe the Seahawks did as well. They were shutting him down. That left George Kittle open nine for 181 and two touchdowns. Man, he he skirted the sideline a couple times. He looked good. It looked like that top one, two, three tight end that we've been looking for all year long. Last thing I wanted to talk about with the 49ers here, the news kind of circulated this week once again. Garoppolo's probably going to get traded in the offseason. We wonder what his value is, at least the talking heads did on on. On, on talk shows and such, what they can get for Garoppolo. I'm wondering what how dynasty managers are looking at Garoppolo right now. This is probably only for super flex leagues. He's seen as a as a back end quarterback too for most. Mm-hmm. 299 yards and two touchdowns. Another nice game. He's adding to his overall value, but I don't know if that's going to transfer to dynasty, Ryan. I don't really think so. He um, he's had a decent stretch. Definitely been better the past five or six weeks than he was to start the season uh, with a couple of, of QB one games mixed in there. Uh, but yeah, I think at this point we just don't see that upside. I guess you could say maybe that changes with a different, uh, a different team, a different uh, coaching staff, but uh, I mean, San Francisco and, and look at the weapons they have on offense and, and that the success uh, of that coaching staff historically that's one of those spots you want your quarterback to be. Right. And if these are the numbers he's putting up, I don't know that he's going to be any better off if it's Denver or Houston or Carolina or wherever, uh, wherever he ultimately lands. I have a sneaky suspicion that, that fantasy managers are going to be surprised at what the 49ers get in return for Jimmy Garoppolo in the off season. He's, he's going to, he's going to bring a, he's going to bring a draft pick that people say, Whoa, Really? Uh, maybe well, I'm wrong on that. Uh, no, I think you're probably right uh, because the fantasy production is not there. But I mean, Garoppolo, 
you know, say what you will about, about quarterback wins as a stat, but Garoppolo has, has been successful for the most part in, in San Francisco. Um, and obviously decision makers around the league value that, uh, we're also looking at a, at a weak incoming rookie quarterback class. So if there's a team, if there's a team that, um, is either not in line to get the rookie quarterback that they desire, uh, because of, of, of where their draft pick is, or if they just don't like any of those rookie quarterbacks, flip that late first rounder, flip that early second rounder for Garoppolo and, and go from there. I, I think you're right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a first rounder for him. So that does it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. It's the last week of NFL buys next week. The fantasy playoffs are right around the corner. We're going to welcome Matt back to the pod next week. At least as of now we are. Uh, for Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again next week.